eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Alan Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Alan Jerry's post-game podcast. Yes, it is podcast time. Jerry Recco is doing uh, basketball with Rutgers. CeeLo did the warm-up show with me, which means the post-game podcast is with Mr. Eddie Scazzari. Oh, hi, Eddie. Hello, podcast people. The who? Hello, podcast people. Very thin topics for the day, uh, Eddie, so I, I took to Twitter. I like to do this every now and then. If people have questions for Eddie, so I took to Twitter. I got some decent ones. I weeded out the ones that we always get, and I'm try to do. I try to get different questions in here, Eddie. No dog people, questions. No dog questions. Uh, aliens. No alien. Well, maybe, but I'm saying like not the same old ones. Okay. Let me give you the very first one, which actually was a. Do- I'll, I'll give as the dog question. This comes from uh, Mickey Mick the Quick Mickey. Uh, does Eddie believe the person who talked to your dog? I had uh, animal communicator speak to me about whimsy, her wants and needs. Uh, what is your thoughts on that? As much as I would love to believe, I do not believe. Mm-hmm. I just, I just, no, I would. Need you don't proof. believe that she communicated that she would like leg warmers, a stew. Well, I mean, I these think sorts of things. All dogs would want stew. But, yeah, definitely. Uh, no, I, I, I do not believe. You know what's strange, though? I will tell you that I feel, and this may sound odd, I feel closer to the dog having done that. Well, you and the dog were together in close proximity when this was going on, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. So, yeah, I I could see how that could form an additional bond. I'll tell you where it it fell for me. So, uh, you know, I have my... uh, my bedroom is upstairs, the bedroom mm-hmm. and bathroom. That's the only thing that's upstairs. So at night, I watch TV down here. The dog falls asleep. The dog curls up. The dog gets very comfortable. And she uh, used to follow me upstairs when I would go to bed, and she would sleep on a bed upstairs. Mm-hmm. Not my bed. She would sleep on a dog bed. 
And over the last, you know, once it got really cold, uh, she she stopped doing that. She stays downstairs and sleeps here. But at like 2.30 in the morning, I, I get up at 3.30. At like 2.30, she whines and as if she wants to come upstairs, but she won't go upstairs. She whines at the bottom of the stairs. And I did not ask uh, the animal communicator about this, but she told me that... Uh, she wants to go upstairs, but she uh, has her her uh, joints hurt her in the winter. Huh? And doesn't want to walk up the stairs. So what I started doing was at like two thirty for the last hour of my sleep, I just come downstairs and lay on the fall asleep on the couch for an hour, and she doesn't whine or anything. Well, um, so that I feel like I got that out of it. Okay, sure. Uh, if that w- works for you. Yes, that did work for me. Now, will she sleep? Uh, does she sit on the couch with you? No. Interesting. She's not very cuddly at all. Yeah, my dogs are all about the cuddling. Yeah. She cuddles like out of like she'll put up with it for a little bit. Although I haven't I found this with other dogs that I've had in my life. In the morning, when they're still sleeping when you get up, then they're very cuddly. Where they don't really feel like moving. And they'll let you be cuddly with them. But no, she's not a cuddler. And I I think that's true of some of these greyhounds. Some are super cuddlers where they are very cuddly. Others are not. And I guess others will grow into it. So maybe she'll grow into it. And Mike Cooper, he is like not only cuddly, he will like suffocate you. Like Which what, one is a Cooper? Cooper is the... Uh, the our, newest? No, that's oh, Ra- okay. Raymond. Oh, uh, right, Raymond. He's cuddly too, but uh, Cooper was the uh, the last uh, seeing eye pup that we raised, and he he, uh, he didn't make the cut, and he came back to us. And when he when I am on the couch, he will, like just like when he was a puppy, he will come and uh, just lay right on top of me and drool into me and the whole thing. Is he the black dog, the blonde dog, or, or, yeah, the black or the blonde dog. He is the yellow lab. The yellow lab. All mm-hmm. right. All right. So, he, yeah, sometimes, like, you, I want, like, there are times where I'm like, oh, I wish the dog would come up on the couch, even though I was very much against that prior to getting a dog. And then other times I think it's probably maybe best that she doesn't. Because I have a feeling I wouldn't be good at policing it. Yeah. No, I see. I don't care about that stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm all about, you know. You're all in. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm in the bed and on the couch, the whole thing. All right. Uh, Ryan Brazel checking in on Twitter wants to know, on a blustery, wintry day, what is Eddie's favorite thing to cook? Wow. Okay. On uh, You know, there's a bunch of soups that the wife and I will make, mm-hmm. but my, my favorite thing is like a gumbo with like, uh, you know, spicy sausage and okra and, you know, it's just... That's good stuff on a you cold You cook day. this right on the stove, or do you have like one of those pressure cooker things, an Instant Pot? We do have the uh, Instant Pot, but usually it's done uh, on the stovetop. Yeah, that Instant Pot seems like it's very confusing to me. It is a little a little intimidating, I must say. My wife knows what to do with it. Me, not so much. I would go definitely a stovetop. Yeah, every time Gina and I try to cook in it, it's always like, press this button first, then hit this button, then add this then release the steam, and it's like, oh my gosh, it's there's too so many much. steps. Too many just, rules. Just put it on a big pot on the stove and let that bad boy cook. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. A gumbo. Is that like a seafood gumbo? or is uh, it? Uh, I do not eat seafood, but yes, you can make a seafood. You put shrimp in it or something. Yeah. Uh, but so, uh, we so you just do make spicy it. sausage. Yeah, like, a, like an andouille. And what's the difference between that and like um, a stew? 
Well, I mean, it's usually stew is is beef, usually beef mm-hmm. based, and it's got potatoes and carrots. This is, it's got the okra and uh, with the sausage and some you know other stuff in there. Is it a is it a thick? Is it thick or soup or is it like soupy? It's uh, it's thicker? like a very thick soup. The way we nice. make it, thick soup. I like a good mm-hmm. thick soup. Mm-hmm. All right, that's a good question from Ryan Brazel. Um, well, let me go to a sports-related one. This one I thought was interesting. It says, this is from uh, Derek Nelson. Has working at WFAN made Eddie enjoy sports more or less? That is a fascinating question. Yeah. Um, I would say it, it's made me like college football more and because we really don't talk about it much, right. which I think is the reason why I kind of developed an affinity for it. And it's made me actually like the other sports less. I have very strange sports viewing habits nowadays where I'll every almost everything I watch, ex- with rare exceptions, it's uh, on you know TiVo where I'm watching it at double speed or I'm watching Red Zone, which is just jumping all over the place. Uh, in Met games, I'll just kind of watch until I see the score flip. You know, or except for dramatic moments, and of course you stop and you watch real speed. Um, but yeah, it's a very strange thing, and I don't, you know, I'll watch Sports Center obviously to see what's going on. Um, you know, and and PTI sometimes I'll watch because I like those guys. But uh, yeah, it's a really a you know outside of that, I don't consume much. So it's a it yes, it has definitely over the. Well, however many years I've been here now, 31, two years, it's, yeah, it's definitely affected my sports fandom. But also just, the, like, it's hard to tell really what does it because there are other people who don't work in sports where their their viewing habits have changed over the years. So you don't know if it's getting older or what it is that, that does it. Yeah, that, that's a fair point. When, when you know, life uh, comes along and kids and jobs and all that stuff and, you know, you're not a kid anymore and can't devote, uh, you know, 12 hours to consuming sports, I can see that too. But that also might be your, your mentioning of college sports over pro sports because we don't really talk college football here. That might also be why you like, as Gio would say, fakak the football. That is, yeah, I'm a big with the forgotten football. Like I, XFL, I, yeah. all those leagues. Yeah, the AAF. Yeah. Yeah, I was all in on those. Because we don't really, we don't talk about them on the air. So if you want to find out about them, you'll read about them or look online about them, that sort of thing. Yeah, and I love watching the, the small conferences like Sunbelt Conference, MAC Conference. You know, I those college football games, I'm all in for those. Here's one from Zach Hirsch, college football related. What is Eddie's favorite college football game? Are there any games over the years that stand out when he asks this question? Yeah, well, the Auburn-Alabama Iron Bowl with the uh, the kick six, uh, that was a great one. And what then, year was that? That was oh more gosh, recent? That would be maybe six years ago by now. Yeah. Auburn won the championship that year. Who was and, the quarterback? Was that Cam Newton? No, it was... Uh, no, he's been in the league too long. Yeah, already. it was who I you know I forget, I forget who the hell it was to be honest with you. It was called the kick six. I'm gonna Google it yeah. while you're talking. 
Yeah, Auburn Iron Bowl kick six. All right, Iron Bowl kick six. There it is. Comes right up. Yep. I don't even see. I don't even know what that means. Kick six. Well, you know what a pick six is, right? Oh yeah, pick six, uh, interception return for a touchdown. Right. So Alabama was trying a game-winning, a long game-winning field goal at the end of the game, and <clears throat> you know if the if the field goal falls short, the defense can pick up the ball and try to run back with it. Right. And that's exactly what happened. That they it was like a fifty-plus yarder guy got it in the end zone, deep in the end zone, and ran it back. And all the way, and the game was over, and it was an incredible ending. The and, quarterbacks in that game, Nick Marshall okay. and A.J. McCarron. Yeah. And then earlier that year, a few weeks before that, in the Georgia game, also in Auburn, they were down late and had just a, you know, not quite a Hail Mary, but it was a deep pass over the middle, and it was tipped by the Georgia defender, and the Auburn receiver was behind him right into his hands, touchdown, won the game. And that was part of a, a magical run that year for Auburn. And Alabama in that game against Auburn, 21 points in the second quarter, I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. 21 of their 28 points was in the second quarter. They shut them down the rest of the time. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a memorable game. There was a uh, you know Notre Dame-Navy game where Navy beat them for the first time in however long. That was a great game. And there was a few things that stand out. All right. Uh, this is a pessimistic cynic says since Jerry's always ripping Eddie's music choices for the show. Can you have Eddie share his most played songs on Spotify? I don't have Spotify. So what do you do if you want to hear a song? You'll go to YouTube. Uh, or now these days I'll ask Alexa. Oh, and I'll, uh, have her play a song. So what are your go-to songs that you've been playing recently? Well, it's more just artists, uh, not a specific song. So you'll um, ask for like a me- like a um, a mix of hits from so and so. Yeah, Mamas and the Papas was one recently. The mm-hmm. Kinks was one recently. Oh, that's a good one. Early BGS, you know, bef- pre Saturday Night Fever, right? Um, you know, just sort of, you know, that that sort of thing. Did you watch that BGS documentary on HBO? I did not. I think you would really like it. Okay. It's very interesting. Like I'm not a huge Bee Gees fan, but it really did show. I was actually amazed at at how long their career was because they had like two different careers. Yes, like you're and, saying um, that early Bee Gees they were compared to the Beatles. Yeah, and and early um, and and who was the 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 main writer? I don't. I think it was. I think it was Barry. Barry Gibb. Yeah. I you know, he, prolific in terms of like hits. I yes, mean, he wrote hundreds of songs. And probably like 60 radio hits, which is impressive. Yeah. So, yeah, in this documentary, they show them, you know, being like the Beatles. And then they broke up. And then Barry Gibb just started writing tons of hits for everybody. Yeah, he and did. And then the disco thing happened. Yeah, he wrote uh, Islands in the Stream. Which yeah, was the you love that one. Yeah. I like their version of it. Oh, they do a version as well. Yeah. They did prior it in, to the uh, the hit. No, after uh, they did it after. Uh, that's what Dolly Parton, Kenny Rogers, correct. That is what we are. You're a big um, James Taylor guy, I know I love as well. James Taylor, Carol King, Fleetwood you know, Mac. Basically, if you if you uh, turn on the bridge on Sirius, <laughs> that that's what I like. Yeah, the bridge. Yeah. All right. The 32, bridge it I is. Think, right. 
Um, I don't remember the channel number, but The Bridge is one of those channels that I know I would like and I always forget about. In the 70s on 7, of course. I love 70s on 7. They even have one now on the online version uh, called Yacht Rock, where it's like it's mainly 70s music. Right, and Margaritaville once an hour. Yeah, right, yeah, songs you would play on a yacht. Uh, is Eddie a fan? This is from uh, Sal. Is Eddie a fan of writer Graham Hancock, who covers ancient civilizations? Every time I see him on Joe Rogan's podcast, I think of Eddie. So this is familiar? a, uh, I am not, but is it it's a nonfiction writer? It seems like a nonfiction writer, yeah, Graham okay. Hancock. And it's, you know, I, I actually, I'm reading uh, or listening to a book now which is focused on Antarctica, mm-hmm. and they're talking about civilizations, you know, uh, prehistoric human civilizations in Antarctica. So I kind of went down, went down a Antarctica rabbit hole of, of yeah. trying to look up <laughs> facts about it. And to see if there was any credible evidence for any human occupation of the continent, you know, prehistory. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, no. Because uh, the science says that, you know, it's been basically covered in ice for about 15 million years. Mm -hmm. And the humans as a species are about, I mean, most generous estimate, maybe a half a million years, maybe, for Homo sapiens. Um, but, uh, even that, that's a generous estimate, maybe more like 200,000 years. Some people say as little as 150,000 years for our species of, of hominid. So yeah, there's not much real credible evidence for actual human civilizations on Antarctica. So you went all deep in this. Oh yeah. Cause it's been separated as its own continent for about 25 million years and then covered with ice for about 15 million years. So you really, you know, you can't live, you know, if you can't grow anything and animals can't graze and and all of that. Right. Kind of makes living there a little difficult to support life. And now that you say the name again, Graham Hancock? Graham Hancock, yeah. Yeah, I think I saw him on some, like, video that I was watching where it was like, talking about Antarctic civilizations as if it was like it really happened. But they're just mm. like glossing over all the <laughs> science. I'm like, wait a minute. And I think I might have seen him on that. Yeah. So, yeah, if he's uh, if he's on Joe Rogan, I think Joe Rogan loves like sort of conspiracy type guys, mm-hmm. you know, like that don't, aren't always going by the science, but going by other factors as well. Yeah. And, and yeah, so if there's anyone out there who can point me in any sort of credible scientific exploration of prehistoric uh, Antarctic civilizations, then let uh, let Al know. Okay, uh, yeah, and I'll pass it along. And also, speaking of ice ages, I believe, I don't know if I've ever shared this with you, I believe that I live right by the terminal moraine of the Laurentide ice sheet. What does that mean okay. for those of in, us in the not last familiar? glaciation, the, the last glacial maximum, about, what, 11,000 years ago? You know, when a glacier sort of advances, you know, because basically mm-hmm. the glaciers were here, you know, all through like Manhattan and Staten Island. That's basically where it ended, okay? And mm-hmm. when a glacier advances, it kind of pushes up all this pile of crap, basically, boulders and dirt and all that stuff that's been pushing as it's been moving. And that's at the end of the glacier. And then when it melts, that pile of crap is left there. That's basically Long Island. Um, a big pile of crap. Yeah. 
well, I mean, not in a really pejorative sense, but yes. But so, and if you trace sort of the, where they think the terminal moraine was, I think I, it's right at the top of my block. And if there's any, really? yeah, if there's any geologists out there that confirm that, uh, can uh, confirm that for me, that would be awesome. In Edison, New Jersey. Yeah. In Edison, New Jersey, I think I'm right by the terminal moraine. In between uh, Amboy, actually, I think the Terminal Marine is Grandview Avenue in yeah. Edison, sort of in between uh, Woodbridge Ave and Route 1. And, uh, yeah, I'm right in that area. So if there's anybody who works for the USGS out there, give Al a holla. Yeah, please reach out to me on Twitter. We need to find this out. <laughs> and let's end with this one, Eddie. Yes. Um, somebody wants to know if you watched the Disney movie Soul. Uh, no. Are you familiar with it? Is it kind of recent? It is recent, and I think it has to do, like, with life and death and reincarnation or is, something like that. Is that like the that. one with all the, um, it had all the, uh, Day of the Dead masks, you know, that, uh, Dia de los Muertes, you know, that, uh, yeah, that's I very big know. in the Spanish community? I d- no, I don't well, think it's that one. You don't think it's that one. You know what no. I'm talking about, Yeah, though. yeah, yeah. But no, this a is an even newer one. Oh, Okay. But no, uh, I, I I have Disney Plus, so I'll check yeah. it out. Soul, S O L. Soul, yeah. And then it says, if not, did he watch the reincarnation episode that I mentioned? I have not yet. <laughs> I I, I guess of... they're very similar. Or it's, so, but it's Soul, S O yeah, S O U L, yeah. S O U L. Okay. Yes. I have actually heard very good things about it as well, and I I want to watch that. Gina has um, Disney Disney Plus, but she said she watched it already. Really makes you think, they say. Mm-hmm. That's what I like. I like a big, nice thinking one. Yes, we like. Right that. now, I'm in the middle of a documentary about crack cocaine and the when the crack came into uh, New York City. Yeah, I heard you and Jerry talking about that on yesterday's yeah. podcast. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, she is ready. She's like rip roaring, raring to go. She's chewing on toys. She's like, what are you doing? You're talking what about doing stupid here? crap and ice sheets. Get the hell out of here. You're past your time. <laughs> I gotta go poop. All right, let's do uh, the warm-up show. I did that with uh, Christopher Lepresti, and uh, Jerry will be back tomorrow. Yes, yes? he will. Mm-hmm. All right, Eddie, uh, you know how this goes. I do. See you. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Jerry, don't worry, it's only an hour long, and most days it doesn't suck. Hilarious. Oh, hi, Al Dukes here, and if I'm taking the lead, that means Jerry Recco is out today, and Mr. Christopher Lepresti joins me. Oh, hi, CeeLo. Good morning, Al. How are you today? Are you in uh, New York City? I always like to know where everybody is before we begin. Yes, Al, I don't think I have uh, done a fill-in shift for Jerry where I have not been in New York City since about uh, July at this July, point. July, so yeah. pretty consistent. Yeah, I, I would say where so. You are. Yep. New York City is where it is at. Yes, sir. 
CeeLo, a lot going on today, even though uh, you would think this is a dead time area for sports. Uh, Super Bowl is over, but a lot going on, a lot of buzz. Well, I think we'll be in that dead time soon enough, right? So we've you got to all the, the Super Bowl spill over here in the next couple of days or okay. a couple of days afterwards. So we've got some lingering NFL storylines and whatnot. So I understand there are a lot of things to get to today. But we also have uh, NFL free agency, and that's going to be my very first story. Oh, because uh, for the longest time around here, we kept hearing about Deshaun Watson to the Jets, Deshaun Watson to the Jets, and then we kept hearing that the Texans have no interest in trading him. No matter what you offer, no matter what you do, we are not interested. Deshaun sure. Watson's going to be our quarterback. And I have to say, the buzz has kind of died down. Well, for Deshaun Watson. Did you expect this to get done in short order? I did. Oh, I expected right there was a lot of talk, and I expected short order delivery of Deshaun Watson going somewhere else. Well, I think we got a little spoiled with how quickly the Matt Stafford to the Rams trade went down a couple weeks back, Correct. right? Because yes. also Monday, Carson Wentz, you read, oh, could go down today. He's going to be traded. And here we yes. are on Wednesday morning and nothing's happened. This is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, I thought things would be moving along quickly. Let's go. Let's get things rolling here. Well, while the Deshaun Watson stuff has died down, a couple of days ago, and I mentioned this to Jerry yesterday, a couple of days ago, I think it was even Super Bowl weekend mm. when I was going through the news, I saw like uh, uh, the the Seahawks are interested in trading Russell Wilson. I was like, what? This uh, I'm not even putting this on the show sheet because it's so stupid. And I thought, well, you know, I, I think I actually saw it on, it was either Friday afternoon or Saturday. And I said, you know what? I'm not even putting this on the show sheet. We got the Super Bowl tomorrow. And this story's got, what are the chances of this Do you is real? recall who had that story? Because I didn't been, see it. It must have been on, on the Pro Football Talks website. Right, but they they're usually linking to somebody yeah. else's story. Yeah, right. And I didn't. I didn't, I was just like, this is so. This is a silly. We've got nothing to write before the Super Bowl article. I will say, I would have agreed with you a hundred percent at that point in time. Correct. I did on my way in this morning just to kind of get in tune with what you guys discussed yesterday because I missed most of yesterday's program. I threw what? on the. Uh, I went back on the radio dot com app, hit up the Sweet. rewind. And I listened to the open yesterday, and it was very interesting to me. Or maybe it was in Jerry's segment. It was in the first hour that Boomer, having met with Patrick, or not Patrick Holmes, with Russell Wilson, I guess, down in Tampa over the weekend, came away, and he was kind of dropping some subtle hints about how he, mm-hmm. oh, you know, maybe Russell Wilson. Boomer's good like that. He'll drop that hint out there, and then the next day it really becomes a storyline. In this case, it was right. a couple hours later. Right. So when I, I saw that and then I, even on, uh, I think I saw it again on Monday and I was like, you know what, uh, maybe I'll put this on the show sheet uh, and see if uh, anybody knows anything. And like you said, sure enough. By the way, they kept showing uh, Russell Wilson in uh, the the commissioner's box. Yeah, he looks miserable. Miserable. <laughs> Goodell's chatting up. That. Well, I, I Forgive me if I miss. Is it Ciara? How is it pronounced? Ciara. Yeah, Ciara. Ciara. Yeah. Ciara. So he's right in the middle, and they're chatting it up, and it's almost like he's like hunched, slunched back in the chair, trying to stay away from the two of them talking yeah. back and forth. And he looked like he wanted to be anywhere else but in that uh, that box there with Goodell. It looked like he was in the middle, the in between, as you're saying, of a conversation where one of the people has horrendous breath. Yes. Uh, exactly As if Roger right. Goodell had terrible breath, and he's like, "I got to get out of the middle of yeah. this conversation. Get me out of here." 
Yeah, he just did not look happy. No, and he, I mean, I, I, he's dressed nice. He's got the suit on, but as what I had the boomer word yesterday, I think he said he was poured into that suit, which is a great oh, line. Because yeah. he poured does. In. That was part of the discomfort as I'm looking at him. I'm like, here I am on Super Bowl Sunday. I got the sweats on, sweatshirt, sweatpants, eating my face off. And this guy's in this like tight, form-fitting suit sitting next to Cadell. He's not in the game. They're, he and the, the Goodell and the wife are probably talking about something he has no interest in, and he just looks absolutely miserable. Yes, a get-me-out-of-here look. Then we started to hear, oh, Russell Wilson, he's frustrated with getting hit too much. Mm. Uh, Russell Wilson, uh, are you on the trade block? That's a Seahawks question. Mm-hmm. Then Brandon Marshall comes out, was a teammate with Russell Wilson, says Russell Wilson is beyond frustrated and wants to move on, but in a, quote, classy way. Yes. Also, Russell Wilson, I would like some more input on the decision-making process, and I think many quarterbacks in the league should have such power with their teams. It's Mm. getting ugly here. Very interesting. uh, Stuff I don't know much about, the business side of things, Boomer was also explaining yesterday with the contract situation there, and I guess – He's due too much money, so maybe the Seahawks want to move on from that. Well, that's usually what happens with these with these situations, right? Yeah. Eventually, you pay the quarterback, and early on in the contract, you get by, and then eventually they make too much money, and you can't you can't fill out the rest of your roster, right? Which was always weird. Like I would think if you were the quarterback to do what Tom Brady did, yeah, which of course, was take less money and be more successful. Always comes back to Tom Brady, doesn't it? Just does no, everything the right the way. The guy's a role model. Mm. Culture changer, Al. Yeah, so I don't know what's going on here. I don't know if the Jets would be serious contenders with the number two pick to, to trade that to Seattle. You've got to think they've got to be Just contenders. think about some of these quarterback names we're discussing here yes, in this offseason. Yes, odd, very it's odd. Very unusual. Interesting, right. though. You got the sh- Let me ask you this, CeeLo. If you're Joe Douglas, he's mm-hmm. the GM of the Jets. Yes. Do you want Deshaun Watson for big-time number two pick? Do you want Russell Wilson for big-time number two pick? Or do you want Carson Wentz for, like, a scrub pick a little bit later on? I would rank it Watson, Wilson, Wentz. That would be my— Really? Yes. The youth Watson on Watson Wilson. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I, I, think, I think Russell Wilson is—I uh, think he's criminally underrated, actually. Uh, and I think a product of that is obviously where he plays. I mean, I know they the got the great fans out there, but you don't— I just feel like he gets overlooked year in, year out. You know, when he was first coming up, it was all about the defense. But if you just watch him, he, he most weeks looks like Mahomes looked in the Super Bowl on Sunday wherein he's running for his life on many plays. And he's just improvising and making plays outside the pocket, extending plays, making ridiculous throws from all different arm angles. He's a tremendous player. But he's getting smacked around back there. Yeah, but again, I mean, they they... Their roster, because again, I haven't looked at where his cap hit was for this past season, but he's you know he's been around longer than than we realize now. You know, you think what is he nine years in now? I mean, he's been around a while, so you know that from whenever he signed that contract. I mean, then he's making big money. Um, so it's it's just hard unless you really hit on some of those late round draft picks that turn into studs. It's really hard to surround that high priced quarterback who's at the top of the market as far as his, his dollar and his cap figure with a real competitive roster. We've seen it with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay at times. Same thing. So he is, uh, Russell Wilson's 32 years old. Deshaun Watson is 25. Yeah. Did that factor into your putting Watson number 100%. one? 100%. Yeah, the, the the youth. Now, I will say this. 
you know, Watson comes with a bit of an injury history. He's obviously not as thick as Russell Wilson. You worry about his long-term durability. But just as far as where he's at in his career, you know, he signed the contract, but it wasn't, uh, you know, wasn't anything crazy long-term. I just feel like there's a little bit more flexibility there. Hmm. Well, one of these guys better get here. That would be do great. You think, do you think the Jets wind up with one of those guys? Um, Probably not because it's the Jets. Really? It just never seems to work out that way. Right. I don't even think Wentz is in the conversation for the Jets. I don't. I'd be very surprised. If you that, think he's going to the Colts? I just, I just, I mean, you might as well keep Sam Darnold then. Correct. So, I, I mean, if you're going big, you know, big fish, big, big game fishing here, you're looking at Watson, and now I mean, look at Wilson's name. I only just entered the conversation a couple of days ago, at least as far as the public is concerned. Like you said, Friday, Saturday, you're looking at this. This can't be true. No way this is happening. Yeah. Now here we are on Wednesday, and it's, whoa, wait a second. Right. What do we got here? Yeah. Plus, didn't didn't we hear rumors even a year ago that Russell Wilson wanted to move to New York? We did. I forgot about that. That's that's a good job out of you. I remember us discussing that. Ciara wants to be in New York. Yes. And the rumors at the time were about him coming to the Giants. Yes. 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 How about that? Hmm. I think things are happening around here. A lot going on behind closed doors. A lot going on behind the scenes. So we've got that to look forward to for sure, Sheila. What else do I have here on Russell Wilson? Oh, there's more Russell it. Wilson no, stuff? No, I think that's oh, all okay. I had on Russell Wilson. We emptied the, the I emptied the Russell that. Wilson canister yeah. with that. Uh, we also have uh, Major League Baseball news, but this is more front office stuff, which is not normally my forte. But I guess they're updating their harassment policy. Mm-hmm. After the Jared Porter, Mickey Calloway situation, uh, they're putting an anonymous hotline in where if you feel like you're being harassed or something's not going on, or maybe you, even if you see something going down and you don't want to uh, put your name on it, right. you could uh, anonymous hotline. Just dial it in. Call it in. Yeah. I, that's something I would do. No, sure. Oh, that's right up I'm your a, alley. Yeah. I am an anonymous tip kind of guy. <laughs> so I'd be perfect for this. Yes. Or the the person who calls to get somebody else involved rather than you stepping in and, yes. you know, taking control of the situation yourself. Right. Yeah. I think that might be more effective for that sort of third person who witnesses something. I still yes. wonder if the victims themselves, right. you know, it's like, okay, I call in, but then... You know, when it comes back to the individual that's doing the harassing, I mean, it's going to be a short list of people, and they're going to know probably who added them, right? Right. And then you worry yeah, you about the backlash and the, you know, the the retribution or not being able to do your job the way you want. I mean, that's what a lot of these, especially in the Mickey Calloway story, is a lot of the 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 female reporters talked about. You know, fear of not being able to have a source or do their job the right way or get the stories. And I understand all that. I do. It says anonymous hotline. You don't think someone's manning that line all day long. It's probably you leave a message, right? Ah, uh, well, if they're operated by a third party, I mean, yeah, I imagine they have somebody available to take a call at probably, maybe not 24 hours, but probably most of the time. Otherwise, if I had to leave a message, I'd have try to disguise my voice. Right. Well, hello. I'd be like this. Hello. Um, I'm seeing some behavior. You know, I wouldn't want them to. <laughs> trace it to me because well you got to do what the, the criminals do in the tv shows and the movies you got to get the the thing that changes your voice you yeah, don't voice have to changer. do it yourself and i'd even put myself in a, a shadow looking thing at home when i made the call just to be careful extra careful they're also going to put a <laughs> uh, flyer they're going to be posting in the locker rooms with steps to take if you are being harassed 
I hate to uh, I hate to be this guy. This just Uh-oh. smells of MLB just covering their ass here. Is that know? right? It does. It does. We're posting well, uh, like the flyers. The, really gonna and the, uh, the hotline I like better than the flyer. I'll well, say maybe it that the way. flyer will also have the hotline on it. I would. I would. It would make sense, right? You're I mean, right. Flyers tend to get lost on walls. Like you, yeah. you pass it by once, maybe you see it and you forget about it. Right. I would, I would hope going, they could find room on the flyer for the hotline number as well. Yes, and they're also upping their anti-harassment and discrimination training. I guess now, the way it was currently run, they had to do it every three years. Now they're going to have to do it every year. Every which I think three most, years, wow. Yeah, I think most companies do it now every year. Yeah, I, I get quite a few emails tests. about those. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, might be, I might be actually overdue on one of them now that you mention it. Thank you for the reminder. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, I got to check on that later today. Eddie does his training immediately. I do it not immediately, but I don't wait till the last minute. Okay. Are you a last minute guy in other no. ways? Never. No. That's not your. It would come with no. too much, too much angst for you, probably. Right. Too much, too much stress and anxiety. Yeah, you don't want to deal with that. Can't be dealing with that. No. No. All right, let's take a break here, Stilo. When we come back, I got some uh, Super Bowl related items. I have a, a Giants quarterback retiring. Hmm, interesting. Who, would, who could that be? <laughs> I've got Aaron Rodgers, who's into astrology, evidently. And what else do I have? Ooh, Mark Cuban and the National Anthem, a little controversy. Let's do that and Boomer and Geo at the top. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Al and Jerry, number one with meatheads in the gym. That's right. Especially those guys that carry the big gallons of water. Guys who are wearing tank tops where their nipples are showing. You've seen those guys, CeeLo. Oh, yeah. Where is Jerry today? Uh, good question. Bum, bum. Rutgers. It's uh, Rutgers related. Uh, well, obviously, I know that. Somewhere where there's a Big Ten opponent. How's that for an answer? A Big Ten opponent? I would. I would. I think they're only Iowa. playing. There you go. Iowa. Eddie knew. Jerry told me he enjoyed Iowa the last time. No, uh, it's Iowa. The last time he was there, he liked Iowa. Like, it's uh, kind of in the middle of nowhere, but he said to... Uh, kind of in the middle <laughs> Kind of in the middle of nowhere. He did say this, though, about Iowa, where he got to go out one time, him and his uh, play-by-play friends and Rutgers related back mm-hmm. when we were allowed to see other human beings. He said he went to a, a, a local uh, a sports bar in Iowa. He said, lots of hot chicks. Well, big state How about school. that in Iowa? That doesn't surprise me. A lot of people say, like, the, the old oldie song from the Beach Boys, California Girls. I wish they all could be California Girls. Mm-hmm. No one considers it Iowa Girls. Well, there are City. beautiful people, men, women, all over this country, CeeLo. It's not just places where there are beaches. Of course, many areas that a lot of us don't even know exist and right. we'll never visit. We'll never visit. But nope. Jerry, when he's traveling the road with the Rutgers, Iowa. Iowa City, baby. Jerry has brought this up to me before, and it is interesting. As we get older, and uh, me, Eddie, uh, Jerry, uh, older than you, CeeLo, but you start to look at your time left on Earth and go, you know, I'll probably never go to Japan. Like, I'll never be in Germany. I'm not ready and, to say that just yet, but then again, as you pointed out, you've got me yeah, by a you, few. you got a couple more years, but like like Jerry says, will he ever go to Spain? Probably never. 
I mean, we never why, go to Spain. Why not? Well, because there's too many other places to go. But, I mean, Spain's a pretty big one. People speak highly of it, especially Barcelona. Spain. Yeah. yeah. Spain, Greece. Gre- that was it. Jerry was talking about Greece. I was telling him there's way too many good-looking dudes in Greece to go. <laughs> Your wives will be looking around going, look at this hunk of a fella. Not going to find Al on the uh, cliffs of Santorini? <laughs> no, not mm. going to find me going to Greece. All right. You're missing out. Not Beautiful. me. Uh, the pictures look great. Can't wait to go. There was a story. Well, you know, uh, you saw the Super Bowl, CeeLo, and uh, I did, the, great, yeah. Yeah. the great Kevin Harlan did that wonderful play-by-play of this, the guy streaking of on course. the field, and it went viral, as they say. And Then there was uh, the streaker, a photo of the streaker, taking him taking a photo. He was clothed uh, with, a, with a man in a bar, a local bar, said, oh, this is the streaker, this guy bet... Uh, won $375,000 by betting that there would be a streaker on the field. Right. He placed the bet, and then he became the streaker on the field. And I did have people reach out to me on social media yesterday and Monday going, why Why is no one talking about this? This is a, a hilarious, fun story. And it didn't seem real. Like, I, and and a a guy who considers himself a betting expert, whose name I can't remember right now, <laughs> says that, it seems like fake news. I've seen just this morning a lot of folks poke holes in that story. Yeah. One, if you did bet and win $375,000 on yourself, let's see the ticket. Okay. Put your name on it, as Herm Edwards would say. Yeah. Well, the Be ones, a man but, or a woman. <laughs> there you go. Put your name on it. I Put saw your name the, on it. The one story from TMZ, I guess it was, mm-hmm. referenced that he sent somebody to Vegas, like a proxy. Yes. To place this prop bet, and the folks right. out in Vegas basically said, "Well, that's you know right there that it's BS." Because I guess they they don't they don't do that sort of thing out there in person at the books, so they don't allow you to bet as much as it would have taken to win right. three hundred seventy five grand on that particular wager. The the claim is it was a fifty thousand dollar bet, which yeah. which this uh, Vegas expert that I was reading this morning said they don't accept that high of a bet on a prop bet. So the story, run out nude, the st- nude. <laughs> Nude so the story about the streaker profiting on himself is is probably fake. fake. What a surprise! Probably surprise. fake news. Yeah. We get yeah. to see the nudity up on the big screen. Mm. Mm. Delicious. Oh yeah, <laughs> nudity on the big screen. So that's probably fake. Uh, Bucks rookie Antoine Woodenfield Jr. says he appreciated the uh, streaker coming on the field because it gave him some time to catch his breath. I heard that in his uh, post game Zoom presser. Yeah. yeah. What a good that, that is. That's like a free timeout. Pretty much. And a streaker on the field. Apparently it was well timed for the Bucks. Pretty yeah, much well-timed. everything seemed to be well timed for the Bucks in this Yeah, game. they had a it was just like the Bucks previous uh, Super Bowl. The only other one they were in, I believe that was the two thousand three Super Bowl. They spanked the Raiders. They spanked the Raiders where the the thing that came out of that game was Buccaneers defensive players on the sideline, John Lynch, I think in particular, recent new Hall of Famer, mm. saying that they knew every play that was coming. How did they know? I don't remember that. How did they know? Because uh, evidently the stupid Raiders didn't change their <laughs> plays from when John Gruden was the Raider coach. Oh, right. And wasn't that the Super Bowl where yeah, Bill Callahan was accused of throwing the game be- to get Gruden the Super Bowl win for his legacy? I think Tim Brown went Is after right? him after, in the years. that. And I, Jerry, I believe, was that was Jerry Rice on that team for the Raiders at that point? I think he might have been. Not sure. I'll have to check on that. Obviously, I know Just he Google played it. for you the Raiders. I don't remember if he was with them. During the Super Bowl run. There. Yeah, but yeah, I remember the guys, the Buccaneers players coming off on the sideline going, we yeah. know every play they're running. Yeah, yeah. Like they, they didn't both, change p- 
play calls or anything. Yeah, Rice was on that team. Tim Brown. I read. I was reading about this recently, actually, because Bill Callahan is one of the most respected offensive line coaches in the game still. Anywhere he goes, he revamps offensive lines, and all of a sudden the team has a great run game. But he, uh, some of his players definitely felt there was some some shady, some shady fugaziness going on. Is that from right? The Raiders' perspective in that Super Bowl, yeah. The Raiders. Raiders. The Raiders. Adrian Peterson says now he wants to play for the Buccaneers. Get sure. me on the team. Get me a ring. The guy Why wants not? a ring. Worked out well for Leonard Fournette. So yeah, might as well walk in his footsteps. Yes. Yes. Going to be a lot of players doing that. Hey, I'll play. Uh, hey, listen, I'm a free agent. Maybe you get me on this Tom Brady-led Tampa Bay Buccaneer team. Let's get another ring. Although repeating is almost impossible in the NFL. Unless you're Super the Patriots. Repeat. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Well, Brady is kind of the Patriots, so maybe they'll be the, the next team to do it. Hmm. AP needs the money, though. He, uh, last he month, needed the money. Yeah, oh. he's, he owes money, and I think uh, you know child support or some, oh. something in court where, yeah, he's – He's way behind. He's a, he's in the whole few mil, so he needs to keep playing as long as his legs uh, allow him to do so at an NFL level. Imagine playing at his level for the amount of years he played in the NFL and still being in the hole with money. Yeah, it's My a problem. Goodness. You wonder what goes on. Whereas Gronk, you listen to him talk and you think, man, keep this guy away from his money. He's, he's a lunatic. He's an animal. And the story goes about him is that he's never spent a penny of his NFL earnings. Oh, he's using just his endorsement money. I guess so. That was the old Jay Leno. That was the old Jay Leno thing. When Jay Leno hosted the Tonight Show, he banked all that cash and he lived off his weekend stand-up money. Yeah, there you go. Right. I've been doing the same thing. I'm I'm living. uh, I just live off the warm-up show money and I bank the Boomer and Geo cash. Warm-up show money and podcast royalties, podcast royalties, things like that. mm -hmm. Now you got the Al's boring beer revenue coming in. Yeah, now I'm just and then I just bank my Boomer and Geo salary. Awesome, that's that's the way to do it. So it says here Gronk's never spent a dime of his NFL salary. Now I wonder Mm. if that stipulates the difference between salary and like a you know roster bonus or signing bonus. I'm not sure. Probably, but, I probably just banks the actual salary. Right. Oh, still, good for him. They had a nice little mic'd up moment between Patrick Mahomes and uh, Tom Brady after the game. Yeah, where, I read the headline. I was looking yeah. forward to it. it. It was a bit of a letdown. It was quick. And I, not that yeah, I expected some long, drawn-out thing. It's like Mahomes just got his ass kicked. You know, he wants to pay his respects and get off the field and let Brady do his thing. Um, so, I mean, it was all right. We'll play it for you later. You're a legend, he said. Yeah. And we know they have a good relationship, right? Brady kind of went out of his way to talk to him at the year the Pats beat the Chiefs in the AFC title game, which was, I guess, was that Mahomes' first year starting? I think Probably. it was. Yeah. And they've apparently kept in touch. So a lot of respect there, as you, as you would imagine. So you saw that play out after the game. I see, yes, and then I even saw Travis Kelsey came over real quick, said yeah. congrats on number seven. Yeah. Pretty much anyone probably but Tyron Matthew probably had nice things to say about, about Brady right. after the game. And now evidently they're gonna uh, they're making up of via text message, so yeah, that yeah. ended up well. Yeah, I guess. I, I mean Brady gets in these mo- we've seen it on the field with him for many years where he just loses his mind and like turns yes. into some other person. So And then afterwards he's very calm. Yes. Zen like calm. Yeah. It, but notice that that's usually after victories. Like had they lost, right. oh. I don't think the Overtures to Tyron Matthew would be happening. No, correct. That's happy I won another Super Bowl, Brady. Right. Uh, Giants quarterback Alex Tanney is retiring from the National Football League. One of the greats. One of the the legends. (laughs) He was in the league for nine years. 
And think uh, about up this. until this morning, you weren't aware he existed. Is that is that what you're? No, no, I, I knew Alex Taney oh, existed. Okay. Uh, I did know he existed. Is that only because of Eli Manning calls? Uh, yes. Okay. And just being around, uh, you know, you know the backup quarterbacks for the local teams. Well, I wasn't had Alex, sure. Had Alex Taney been a backup somewhere else, I would have had no idea. Sure. Uh, but he retires from the NFL. Check this out. Nine years in the league, he threw 15 <laughs> passes. <laughs> and Amazing. even if you're looking at a league minimum, this guy made some made some good cash. Oh, yeah. He's a millionaire. But what does he do now? Does it matter? I get like is, can he live off of I could live off that but has this guy been living the life since he was been making a couple hundred grand a year Probably not living the life Yeah um, he probably kept it cool right I don't want to judge a book by its cover I don't know Alex Tanny but yeah. I mean if he's been smart with his money if he's been following Gronk's strategy I'm sure he's in good shape I he, hope you know, so invest it maybe open a little business or something who knows what his uh, passions and interests are beyond football You got to be careful though like when you you got to be careful when you retire about opening a business because you could just lose all your savings. Yeah, like your business goes under. And you're I'm like, just saying Damn. he has the you know he has obviously sort of a, a blank canvas now to do what he wants with his life. He's probably got a lot of options and possibilities because of his financial situation. Now that seems like the the, the Alex Tanny career is the career I wanted. Yeah, backup quarterback. Back up a guy who never gets hurt. Sure, Eli sure he never gets dirty. You never have yep. to break a sweat. Hold the clipboard. You got the earpiece in. Even when you're when you have to come in, like where where your quarterback takes a hit and the NFL requires you to come out. Yeah, you know how that happens right. sometimes for a play. Get in there. You hand the ball off. Maybe throw a swing pass. Mm-hmm. Fifteen. 15 passes in nine years. That is the type <laughs> of career I want. Right, preseason pass attempts far outweighing the regular season <laughs> yes. pass attempts. So you wouldn't have been like – now the difference here is Chad Henney did have some time as a starter earlier on yes. in the script. You wouldn't have been the guy that went in from Mahomes no. and went head first trying to get the first no. down there late in the game. No? Nope. Mm. I would have been like that quarterback for the Colts that was in between Peyton Manning and uh, Andrew Luck. Jim I think it Sorgi? Was, or, or Painter. Like oh some, yeah, Curtis Painter. They were Curtis both backups for, for Peyton at one point. I think. Go yeah. one in fifteen or whatever the heck. Curtis Painter. I believe he he played for the Giants. You're right. At he one point. was a backup. Yeah. How about that? So that's it. He rides off into the sunset. Now, what, now this is the type of guy that would well, if he wants to, would probably be a decent coach. These backup quarterback guys that that sit there and don't get in the game. Doug Peterson. Yeah, like they become uh, Gary Kubiak. I yeah. always think about. There you go. Uh, they they're good. Uh, coaching candidates because they they stood next to the coach for all these years. Yes. Played behind uh, great quarterbacks like Kubiak played behind Elway all those years. Alex Tanney behind uh, uh, Eli Manning. Eddie just gave me Jason Garrett, another good one. Jason Garrett, another great one. How about that? Meanwhile, the real... How about that? What am I, Beningo? How about that? Jeez. We'll take it. No one else is using it right now. <laughs> Frank Reich. Eddie's just... Frank no, Reich, that, that came from on the Boomer. air. That came That's from a great oh, one. okay. That's Look a at terrific the Bruins locked in on us at 535. Nice. Actually, Frank Reich has the best backup career ever because, again, backing up Jim Kelly all those years. And then the one time you're called on, you light it up and take on those those pesky Houston Oilers with the greatest comeback in NFL history. 
I'm not really locked into you guys. I'm just making sure that CeeLo showed up this morning. Oh, no, he's here. here he knew he go. was on the schedule. Right. He uh, showed up. Very disappointed right. in him. I heard. I heard you the morning after when you came back on Friday. You I heard it. Okay. I, I took my medicine on the air. We're good right. to go. Yeah, there's something about backup quarterbacks, Frank. I think you've, uh, Frank, Al, I think you definitely hit on it. But I said Frank Reich has the best one. He was the backup. And then when he was called on in a playoff game, he showed up big. Oh, my gosh. I'd have right. that running on a loop in my house if I was like in my basement, my man cave. Oh, that's the game where I came back against the Oilers. Right. So, right. So, uh, Marv Levy and Bill Polian was the GM there. And Jim Kelly absolutely loved Frank. Mm-hmm. And then fast forward about 20 years after that is when Bill Polian hired Frank to be a GA. I think at the age of like 45 at the Indianapolis Colts, and he was coaching Peyton Manning. Nice. Not too right. bad. Peyton, you're not really doing this right. Let me show you. <laughs> I'll tell you, I said to Frank, I said, Frank, how it's got to be so easy coaching Peyton Manning, right? <laughs> yeah, he's exactly. the greatest player ever. At that time, he was. And Frank said, no, 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 to the contrary. He's the hardest guy to coach because yeah. the guy wants so much information, wants to talk about so many things that I have to come prepared every single day or it's right. a bad day. Yep. Right, bad Overkill day from Peyton. Had a bad day. Right. He did, just like CeeLo did a couple weeks ago when he didn't show up. Didn't show up, I'm yeah. sensing a theme developing early here this morning. <laughs> that we'll think about it, CeeLo. It's always about showing up. At the end of the day, you have to show up. Again. you got to think like Cal Ripken Jr. Yeah. Show right. up, right? Show up, man. Let's put the uniform on and get your ass out there and play. Right. Yes. Well, that would indicate that there was some sort of choice in the matter, but... <laughs> Well, That's if you right. do what you're supposed to do and you have responsibility, then you take care of your job and you, you do the right thing. You show up. Yeah. Uh, I took I took the accountability and the responsibility after In the what fact. Way? Did you give your money back or how did you take <laughs> accountability? I didn't. You think oh, I got boy. paid? Come on now. I know, I'm just saying, but I'm like, did you did you tell them you'd do like two shifts for free? Um, I offered, in fact, to jump in that day, and I was told not to, not to even yeah, bother. Yeah, yeah, don't bother if you don't. Like, I, we're we're like Bill Belichick. If you're late, just don't show up. Right? Yeah, just yeah, turn don't around. Go home. home. Like, remember when he said Darrell Revis did home? it with Darrell, He did it to Darrell Revis. Yeah, just yeah. Go home. Go home. I don't care. I don't care really who you are. Right. So what? Revis showed up late, and Belichick just was whoosh, get yeah, out. Yeah, yeah he, he has go home policy. For the day. If you're late, you don't you don't get the practice. You don't right. go to meetings. You just go home. Yeah. And, go home. And he embarrasses the crap out of you. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yes, it does. I'll let let you guys talk meaningless sports talk. Oh, really? Meaningless? Because I'm going to talk about Aaron Rodgers and astrology coming up after oh, this I'll break. I'll be back for that one. I'll be locked in. Yeah, lock yourself in for that. We'll, uh, CeeLo and I will have that on the other side of the break here. Boomer and Geo. You just heard Boomer. Boomer and Geo at the top 6 o'clock. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Al and Jerry, longtime tag team champions. Yeah. Jerry is doing something with the Rutgers, probably basketball in Iowa, that sort of thing. So Mr. Christopher Lepresti joins me today. Hi, Cela. Probably in Iowa, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. somewhere out in the middle of nowhere. That's where he is. Iowa, all right. Iowa Mr. City. Tupac, are you familiar with Tupac Shakur? I am. I'm, I, you know, I'm not a monster fan, but I knew the song for sure. I know the name, obviously. I know the, the story of how his, uh, his life ended a little bit. 
All right, and that was uh, he took uh, the uh, the the piano part of uh, "That's Just the Way It Is" from Bruce Hornsby in the range. Yeah, that's just the way it is. Little cover action there. Do 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 do. They call that sampling. Sampling. They call that yes. Sampling. Back. It just it came to me just as you said it. Yes. yes. Sampling. Very odd story about Aaron Rodgers. A couple of things uh, quickly. He won the MVP award. Not odd at all. Uh, he revealed during this M- uh, MVP award acceptance that uh, he had a big year, including winning the MVP and getting engaged, which nobody knew about. Last we heard from Aaron Rodgers, he was dating Danica Patrick, although they, they had broken up. He's now engaged to uh, Shailene Woodley. The way you say her name tells me you were not aware of her. Up I, was until not. I wasn't either. Uh, I, I had to check sh- into her a little bit. Uh, the show is called Pretty Little Things or Pretty Little Big Little, Little Lies. Big wow, somewhere in there. Big Little Lies, <laughs> which is a show I've heard exists, but I'm not. A, I'm I mean, not all that aware of it. She was nominated for an Emmy Award. Is that I right? feel like I'm. I, I should at least be aware on the surface of who yeah. she is. So bad job by me. Anyway, uh, it was revealed uh, today that uh, both Aaron Rodgers and Shailene Woodley have the same astrologer. Now I didn't know. Like I know astrologers exist. I mm-hmm. didn't know that it was the kind of thing where you work with one almost like a therapist kind of. Like, oh, that's my therapist yeah, or my psychologist. Had no but idea. I, I guess Danica Patrick got Aaron Rodgers into astrology. Is that right? Yeah. See, I was thinking that this was what set Shailene apart from Danica Patrick and no. Olivia Munn. Maybe something they bonded over. No, evidently huh. uh, they both go to this astrologer and she perhaps set them up. Wow. Now, there was Aaron Rodgers said he used to read his little astrology thing in the newspaper when he would peruse the newspaper yeah. when he was younger. Okay, so but maybe Danica knew, okay, he was into that. Now let me set him up with this astrologer, and little right. did she know. Now, do you think he met Shailene because of that? I do. And do we think that he met Shailene before he ended things with Danica? No, I think he probably ended things with Danica. And then I think he probably went to this astrologer to read the stars for him <laughs> and somehow met this Shailene Woodley. Right. And the astrologer, knowing Shailene Woodley is another one of his or her clients, let's call them, right? Yes. Patients. I don't know what you call them. Clients. Clients. Probably, you know, doctored the astrologer. Oh, you're going to, you'll see, you're going to meet somebody in short order. And then yes. all of a sudden, here's Shailene Woodley coming right in out of nowhere. And Aaron thinks, see, it's in the stars. It was it's meant in the to stars. be. And in less than a year, they're engaged. Saren Rogers is an interesting fellow. You, know, you, you had the stuff about him and his family not getting along with the family. Yeah, he's into astrology. You could just see it when you watch him and you listen to him talk. That there's there's a lot going on inside that head. Yeah, you know, in in a relaxed way. Obviously, he's not one of the like you look at Philip Rivers on the field, and then you look at Aaron Rodgers on the field. Just as far as their demeanor goes, yes, couldn't be more ways. opposite. Yeah, two two different ways that they carry themselves. What is your astrological sign? Uh, I think I'm an Aquarius. Now, have you ever looked into what any of that means? Very little. My mother will send me my horoscope sometimes if she thinks it's, if it's if it's good. Yeah, or if it it ties into something that may or may not be going on in my life or, you know, something to look forward to. But I don't get tied up into it too much. Will she do like a screen grab of like she'll take a picture of the newspaper she sees it in? Yeah, or just, you know, she's a big Facebook person. Maybe it pops up there. I I don't know where she gets it from or websites. But, yeah, she, she definitely was a traditional newspaper person. She does the crossword puzzle every morning still. 
So she checks up on these things from time to time. Actually, that's where Aaron Rodgers said he started reading his. He said he would do the crossword puzzle in the paper. There and you go. Always right next to the crossword My puzzle. My mom and Aaron Rodgers. You, you're right. Your mom and Aaron. Cut from the thing, same cloth. Good thing they didn't meet. <laughs> yeah, might have been a problem for my dad. Now, I am a Virgo. And when I read the traits of the Virgo, it's, it is a lot of what I am. Mm-hmm. Anal retentive, too organized, uh, 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 hides in their house, these sorts of things. It says hides in their house under Virgo? Say that, well, <laughs> it's sort of like what, yeah, kind I, of. I understand, yeah. Kind of like that thing. Here's like, what turned me off to the astrology and the horoscopes. Is that yeah. I, I feel like in the last couple of years, there was a, some sort of uprising or movement to add a new sign. And they yes. talked about how all the dates were going to change. And it's like, so wait a right. second. All my life I've been <laughs> an Aquarius and now somebody decided I'm going to be something else. That right. doesn't really make sense. If it's really in the stars, you can't just go changing my sign on me. That's true. Yeah. Forget that's, a good, that's a good point. Right. It's like when they were adding one of the a new planet. They took Pluto out of the planet. Yeah. When you, come on. Gonna, like, we oh, well, this will change the astrological charts. It's like talking about playoff expansion here pretty much. Same right. kind of thing, you know. Uh, Major League Baseball has a bit of a problem on its hands. Uh, you know, last year, not a lot of people uh, were were allowed to go to games. In fact, probably zero, I think, over yeah. the summer. Uh, but uh, they had a lot of promotional giveaways, these teams, uh, scheduled for the summer because you have to do these things in advance. You Uh-oh. can't just get all these bobbleheads show up to the ballpark the day of. You know, they had to order these bobbleheads beforehand. they got a lot of supply on their hands now. Yeah, I was reading an excellent ESPN article about uh, Major League Baseball teams having... Up to four million essentially useless bobbleheads oh sitting at these individual stadiums because the problem is free agency. And some of these bobblehead, like if the Indians had uh, Francisco Lindor bobblehead night scheduled, <laughs> right. what are they going to do with those now? He's on the Mets. Um, they could find a way to sell those on the secondary market. Used to, eBay was always the place, but now there's a million. Of the, like my wife is selling stuff that, in our house that she doesn't use left and right. Al, you can't believe the thing, the things that people will scoop up in a nanosecond. I'm not, I'm not paying big money for it, but the yeah. point is you can actually find someone who's willing to pay for your crap. But then you have to ship it. That's the problem. Well, a lot That's of these the these part. services now they you know they take a little commission and you they send you a you know a prepaid shipping oh, label like with the person's address. Like all literally, you print out the sheet of paper, you tape it to the box, and you drop it off at the post office. Where is she selling That's this it. on? Like what uh, service? Do I you think remember? one of them is called uh, Mercari or Mercari. Facebook Marketplace does something similar. Yeah. I think Mercari is the one that she she uses. I, or Poshmark's another one. That one's uh, clothing because Gina told yep. me she started uh, yeah. buying stuff on yeah. Poshmark. Yes, she sold a Quebec Nordiques hat yesterday. So my in laws <laughs> just my in laws just moved out of there in the house that my wife grew up in, and she had a younger brother, big hockey fan. So she sold a vintage Quebec Nordiques hat to some kid for fifteen bucks. Yeah, how about um, this one? They had a Wayne Gretzky like cutout, not a fat head, but like the the life size cardboard cutouts from his time with the Rangers. My in laws dropped off. It's literally folded in half, Al. And some kid drove down from North Jersey, showed up in his varsity jacket. Some high school kid drove all the way down to our house to pick this up in my driveway. I opened my door, handed it to him. He paid me, and that was it. <laughs> it's incredible. Here's your foldable Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, yeah, exactly, in his Rangers gear from when the team was crappy. Should have saved it for Carton and Roberts. I think they have that dude on every day or something. Yes, and of course. Spot or something Wayne Gretzky. With, uh, Wayne yeah. Gretzky. Lenny so. Dykstra on with them later today. I saw Craig yeah. tweet that late last night. 
Yes. Yeah. Craig, I talked to Craig yesterday. He said, oh, maybe Lenny Dykstra. I said, you know what? I got a little tired of Lenny Dykstra's <laughs> act on Howard Stern. Yeah. But I think that's more in that they kind of beat it into the ground. And he, he, he can't be that weird here because, you know. Yeah, it'll get dumped. The language, right. yeah, but that'll be interesting. Craig mixing it up with oh yeah, they'll, they'll mix it up. I'm sure. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Poshmark, you can have something called your. You can sell from your closet, is what they call it. Yeah, like you put clothing on there. It's crazy, man. Maybe I'll start selling some things. I mean, I guess in one vein it makes sense. Like you know, instead of buying crazy, super expensive designer yes. clothes, but if you're if you're like a germaphobe and some, I mean, look, obviously you can obviously wash clothes, but the idea of you know, paying to put somebody else's clothes right. on your body is, I mean, look, desperate strange. times sometimes call for it, but I don't, I don't get the sense that's necessarily the case here with right. a lot of people that are buying these clothes. That's true. Yeah. All right, Poshmark, sell your stuff. Let's do an Amy Lawrence Sports Minute. She wonders where Dak Prescott is during all this, uh, I guess there was a Dallas Cowboys hype video. Mm, interesting. Mm-hmm. Where's Dak Prescott? Take it away, Amy Lawrence. It's the dynamic duo of Al and Jerry, the superheroes of WFAN. Jerry's out today. CeeLo is here. He'll do updates on Boomer and Geo coming up very shortly. CeeLo, did you see Mark Cuban? No more national anthem. Yeah, taking a stance. At uh, Dallas Mavericks games. Be very interested to get Boomer's take on that. Yeah. Part of me says, hey, at least there'll be no nonsense. Kevin Durant, <laughs> Kyrie Irving, and now James Harden. It's three NBA superstars on one team.